Today's edition of the Derek Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Life Change Tea. Why go to GetTheTea.com? Because this important news could change your life. Socrates made a statement saying that all disease starts in the gut. Take care of your gut, and well, the rest speaks for itself. Life Change Tea is a wonderful way to aid in your digestion. Brew it, steep it, drink it, and feel it go to work. We at Life Change Tea have been around for years helping people just like you feel better. Lots of testimonials and lots of happy people. Log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. GetTheTea.com. Alrighty, hello again everyone and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for Mick Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Normally, well, not normally. Although I guess if you look at my life, normally. If you just, well, no, because I didn't do it as a kid. Anyway, uh, but there was a time when I would have been absolutely blot out drunk <laughs> on this day. But no matter which day of the week it fell, but that day is done. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. Hopefully, maybe you're going out and having a drink and tipping one back. But what does it say? I'm part Mick. And you sit there and you go, what do you think about the Irish? And the first thing that comes to everybody's mind, well, there are two things. Drinking and fighting. That's it. And if you think about it long enough, uh, not being able to defeat the British for an extended period of time. Those are the three (laughs) defining characteristics of Irish. That and boiled meat. So you had boiled meat to it and leprechauns and, uh, you know, been in too many Irish pubs where you're sitting there and you're going, all right, there, how many U2 songs can you play? Oh, look, hey, Sinead O'Connor, how original. Can't you just, I don't know, I, if I could do without ever hearing another guy in an Irish pub playing his acoustic guitar. Is that too much to ask? Give me a piano, throw in, uh, I don't know, a snare drum, something. Give me something, mix it up. Anyway, happy Mick Day to you, however you choose to celebrate it. Live like you're a candidate today. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. We've got a busy show for you today. Apparently, Jesse Smollett's getting out. That's breaking now. Some judge ordered him out. He's not suicidal, sadly. God, how pathetic. Yeah, watch whiteness work. Man, that, uh, that white privilege really, really is horrible or something. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I don't care. I hope his career is ruined because he's a jackass. Anyway, action-packed program for you. Don't forget about the Curse Program. Go to patreon.com slash Podcast. Enter to win your choice of either Matt Walsh signed book or an autographed book by John Cleese from Monty Python. Yes, the one or, or a fish called... A lot of people are quoting Fish Called Wanda. Fish Called Wanda is an awesome movie that so many people forget. It doesn't... There's so much crap that makes the rounds on cable news repeatedly and then a fish called wanda isn't up there not very often like uh you know the other day i went looking for i know it's rob reiner left-wing lunatic jackass a-hole but i was in the mood i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna if if i can buy it i'm gonna buy the sure thing by rob reiner one of john cusack's early movies hilarious movie great movie uh couldn't be made today for lots of reasons that if you don't know the movie, it involves sex and attractive women. Uh, But it's not on iTunes for some weird reason. They don't put it out there because, I bet it's because of political correctness. I don't know if it's because somebody else complained or it's entirely possible that Rob Reiner and or John Cusack said, we can't, my delicate sensibilities, we can't have this movie out there. It's pathetic. It's a great movie. If you can find it, check it out. 
<laughs> it's one man's cross-country journey to have sex with Nicolette Sheridan. And you know what? If you looked at Nicolette Sheridan at the height of her powers, you'd agree. You'd agree with whatever. But he ended up sleeping with Daphne Zaniga. Again, wrong because there is a beautiful woman who somebody wants to have sex with. And uh, that's enough to get movies canceled these days. Anyway, go to uh, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast if you would please and just sign up five bucks a month for the love of God. Helps me out immeasurably. The kids, by the way, lots of notes. Thank you about the kids. Uh, Quinn, Bailey's doing much better. Quinn is doing seemingly a little better. I made their bedroom into, you'd have thought, if you'd ever been to an old smoking room, not there wasn't, I didn't fill it with cigarette smoke. I filled it with vaporizers. I have two vaporizers with all the vaporizing smell. You walk in there and you're like, whoa, whoosh. But then they can breathe and they can sleep. So that helped. I'll do that again tonight. Quinn is coughing less today, which is good. She's not coughing a whole lot. We actually went out. It was like 72 degrees. So we went to a, a playground and got some free vitamin D from the sun and uh, had some fresh air, which was nice. And that was before school got out. So we weren't infecting other kids. And I don't think she's actually sick anymore. She's got me a little sick. And her mother's sort of coming down with, it just seems like a cold because I feel like I'm, I've turned the corner on it. My nose still gets stuffed up, but I don't have the sore throat anymore. I had a sore throat for like two two mornings. I, mean, I can't even say two days, two mornings. And by the time I got up and got the blood flowing and the snot flowing, my throat went away. So trusty's eye cam, trusty vitamin D. And uh, yeah, that's what I suggest. Since the kids won't eat damn vegetables, I got to take them outside and get them sun that way and get them vitamin d but thanks for all the notes for that haven't called the doctor yet some of you wrote and said you should talk to the doctor because you can give them adult medicine and the certain doses and could thankfully mercifully so far knock on wood monitoring it you know excessively it hasn't uh, needed much more and the good thing is especially today since quinn, quinn bailey gets it first and Bailey barely notices it, and then Quinn gets it, and it hits Quinn worse. Um, Quinn was unstoppable today. So that's good. She's obviously not feeling poorly, today at least, knock on wood. So good, and thanks for that. And that, to me, means is is another good sign of, you know, I ask her how she's feeling, and she says her snot is doing much better. (laughs) My kid, what are you going to do? Anyway, so thanks for all the notes on that and thanks to everybody who goes to get the and picks up some life change tea and you enter promo code Derek at checkout to get free fast shipping it's a tea that keeps you regular makes you go poo and gives you more energy because it cleans you out get the change your life with life change tea promo code Derek at checkout and uh, you get free fast shipping all right I have rambled enough about poop and my children and asking for support that we need to get on with the program. After having listened to Zelensky speak, I can honestly say that I I feel bad for the guy. I respect his resolve. I think that he is the leader his people need, his country needs right now. But I'm still not compelled to get involved beyond how we've gotten involved. Sanction the hell out of Russia, fine, absolutely. 
Send weapons, sure, but a no-fly zone, no. First of all, it doesn't really seem as though Russia is dominating in the skies or really using the skies all that much. It's just uh, they're, ro they're launching rockets. There's, there's no plane defense against that. To the extent that plane, the planes are being used, obviously, by Russians, but not nearly as much as I would have thought, which lends credence to my idea that maybe the Russian military isn't all it's cracked up to be. Or maybe they just really sorely underestimated the Ukrainian military and somehow pig-headedly refused to adapt. I doubt that. I think Putin is evil, but I think that even he, looking at what's been going on, if he was holding back, if he was, you know, only sending in 1% of the troops, and we're just going to do this sort of a 1% sort of half-assed kind of thing. And then you look at the results, thousands of Russian troops killed, apparently, according to reports, four generals have been killed, a whole bunch of higher-ranking uh, Russian military people have been killed. I think you look at that and you go, all right, well, we'll send in uh, another 1%, or we'll send in two more percent, or we'll... I don't think that Russia does just enough if they can do anything at all. I think that they're doing all they could because I think they understood that the world would not act super kindly to this and it would be economically damaging to Russia. I'm not sure he understood how economically damaging. Thank God that Europe is there to implement harsher restrictions. It's kind of funny. Ginger Goebbels yesterday was talking about how Joe Biden has really led the world on punishing Russia. Like, no, he hasn't. The serious restrictions, every serious sanction that has been put on Russia in any way, shape, or form, Russian people, Russian government, Russian products, has come from Europe first. And then Joe Biden comes up and goes, all right, well, I guess we'll go that far. And then they go even further. They go, all right, I guess we'll go that far. It's like coming across a parade and running out in front of it, pushing the drum major out of the way, grabbing the baton and going, yeah, these people are following me. Yeah, that's right. I am their leader. No. I mean, I suppose technically you are, but when they turn and then you have to go and run around the block to get in front of them again, I'm not really sure how following you they are. They, you happen to be in front of them for the moment, but every time you look away, they're passing you. They're going in another direction. You don't really get credit in my book for uh, adapting to what the people who are supposedly following you want. Giving people what they want, whether or not you think it's a good thing. If you thought it was a good thing, I would say that you probably would have done it on your own, is not how I view leadership. I could be wrong. I could have an archaic view of the term leadership, but that ain't it. So Joe Biden out there looking to Joe Biden to lead. I get it. Zelensky needs things from the United States. You can't go out there and say, my God, you guys are terrible. You're not doing nearly enough. You're awful. Your president is a moron because even Republicans would go, that's that's not cool. You don't you know, you don't insult this country. There will be a faction of Republicans who will look at that and say that's not cool and lose support. I just I didn't hear anything difference-making. Now, maybe it's because, and maybe this was a mistake strategically, that Zelensky addressed Canada yesterday, the United States today, kind of said the same things. Maybe you should 
not practice your speech. You should save it, the good stuff, for the big dogs. Uh, maybe, maybe that's just me. I could be wrong. I don't know. I look at the Zelensky speech. He closes it out or near the end. And I am addressing President Biden. You are the leader of your nation. I wish you to be the leader of the world. No, <laughs> no, no, no. So he just, I think Zelensky's biggest problem is that he, and there's no point in playing clips of it. You hear the translator. But I think this biggest problem is that he is addressing, like, I get it from his perspective. He's got to address anybody and everybody he can. He's looking for help from anywhere. If Beijing offered him the missiles and planes and everything he wanted, he would be sucking up to Xi Jinping immediately. I wouldn't blame him at all. He's got to survive. He's trying to win a war. His country is under attack. But the big dog on his side is the United States. And I guess he knows that he's not going to convince the United I don't know what his strategy really is here because short of something massive happening like a, a nuclear attack in Kiev or in Ukraine somewhere, there's, the United States is not going to get involved directly under any, any other circumstances, really. They're bombing hospitals, they're killing kids. The United States is sitting there going, oh, that's horrible, that's terrible. But we're not doing anything about it. And as horrible and terrible as it is, there's horrible and terrible things that happen. I'm not critical of the United States for not getting involved. Zelensky is trying to appeal to emotion. He's doing what politicians, particularly liberal politicians, do um, regularly which is to appeal to emotion. You can sit there and think, well, rationally, this makes no sense. The United States should not be involved. But then you get that emotional appeal and you see the videos of the, the pregnant mother with the ba newborn baby and bombing. And you go, oh my God, we got to do something. And your anger gets up and your, your rational brain sort of takes a back seat to your emotional brain. And you, you think, all right, maybe we could do something. Now, if you get enough of that, you end up with what liberals do. It is a nonstop emotion fest over there. Not that they're crying hysterically constantly. The emotion of choice for the left is rage, is anger, is hatred. It's all different sides of the same coin. But they, uh, they live in that area. If you can keep people angry emotional, feeling put upon like they're victims, then you can prevent them from thinking rationally. If you can say, oh my God, the uh, society is rigged against you. You'll never get ahead. It's out to get you as a matter of fact. Then every little setback is met with uh, oh, another brick in the wall. And you end up becoming angrier and angrier, and then you end up taking to the streets with a BLM Antifa sign throwing bricks at cops under the pretext of a lie. And Democrats rub their filthy little hands together, laughing methodically, going, <laughs> we've got another one. We got them. Now we just got to prevent them from ever waking up from this. Zelensky, to a lesser extent, and for a more noble cause, is trying to do pretty much the same thing. Appeal to people's emotions. You can't let that happen. You can't let that rule your decision-making process. Whatever is going on in Ukraine 
if the United States is to act, it has to make sense on behalf of the United States. Otherwise, if we are just the world's policemen, if we are just the world's therapist, oh, we try and make things better for everybody, then there is no justification whatsoever to stay out of anything and everything going on in the world. We don't even have, we haven't barely said anything, let alone taken serious action against China for the genocide of the Uyghurs. We just haven't. You want to talk about something if we're going to get involved in the world's business, two million people being imprisoned and enslaved, worked to death, literally, might rate a little bit higher. Not to cheapen what is going on in Ukraine, but that's kind of a bigger deal. They're genuinely, genuinely trying to exterminate these people by working them to death. They're not free. They're, they're prisoners. They're slaves in their own country. Malnourished, abused, and when they die, so what? It's horrible. It's awful. It's a big deal. So you end up in a situation where, do you, what do you do? Do you go there? There's a situation in, in Yemen where they're having a, a horrendous civil war. Do you say, well, that's different? It's a civil war. It's internal inside the country. You don't get to, you should. It's a civil war. Then you could say, well, China's technically a civil war since it's all inside of China. But then China keeps annexing things and taking over areas. It's just a complete mess. So you have to have certain standards. And the standards should be always is this in the best interest of the United States of America? If the answer is no, then there's no need to proceed. If the answer is yes or maybe, then you go on further and start asking other questions. With the situation with Ukraine, I'm not convinced, aside from containing Putin, certainly I don't believe that getting involved directly is in the United States' best interest. I just don't think it is, because Putin will then have reason, rationale, whatever, to strike out at other places. And a dictator scorned, hell hath no fury except for maybe a woman scorned like that. Plus, quite frankly, Ukraine is doing a damn good job on their own. It's not, you know, we're taking the... Uh, training wheels off and we're going to push them along and if they fall they fall and we got to keep their learning and this is how you learn they're doing a damn good job we should absolutely provide them with more of the weapons we've already provided them there's no need to step up and i'll tell you this the, the move by poland still sort of still sort of irks me it's poland is right next to ukraine poland's got these mig fighters you want to give them to Ukraine, fly them to Ukraine. Instead, they flew them in the exact opposite direction to Ramstein Air Base in Germany. Why? Because they wanted to involve the United States. They're afraid of Russia. They want to help Ukraine, but they don't want to be seen as being the only country helping Ukraine. It's, a, it's kind of a coward move, to be honest with you. We have said unequivocally, we're not going to send planes and instead, but if, if Poland wants to, they can go ahead. Poland then says, all right, well, here, we want to, but you do it for us. Well, that's, that's stupid. 
It's dumb. It's cowardly. It is looking for cover. It is a CYA move. If you don't want to fly the planes into Ukraine yourself, you share a border with Ukraine. You've taken in more than a million refugees across that border. It is not the Berlin Wall. It's not nearly it's not the, the demilitarized zone in uh, the Koreas to uh, to get in to Poland. Put the word out to Ukraine. Hey, we've got twelve planes. Send over 12 pilots. Red Rover, Red Rover, send 12 pilots right over. And then let them fly those planes back. But Poland, again, doesn't want that. They want to, it's kind of a virtue signaling move. They're willing to help as long as other places are willing to help as well. Spread the blame around. Spread, spread the uh, responsibility around. The United States said no rightly said no now some people on the right sadly are trying to make a big stink out of this and it, it's a if the parties were reversed i could see the exact same thing happening i could see a republican president going no we're not going to send these planes over there you want to do it go ahead but we're not going to do it because it's not in the united states best interest and if somebody dumped it on our laps, the president would say, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. You want to do it? Go ahead. Leave us out of it. And the Democrats would start calling that person a coward and so on and so forth. And it's, it's just politics. But in reality, just do your own damn dirty work. Grow a pair. Let them descend. Now, if Russia can barely take Ukraine, what do you think the odds of Russia being able to take Ukraine and Poland are? What do you think the odds of Ukraine, of Russia being able to take Ukraine and Poland and under the right circumstances in those attacks on Poland, uh, NATO? Not much, not high. I think Russia might have thought they could before. Now they know it. But it would needlessly still escalate things. Russia is dominating the skies over Ukraine, not completely, but dominating them. Not with overwhelming force, but with enough force. Ukraine's military's kind of weak. Turns out Russia's military's kind of weak. It's just slightly stronger than Ukraine's military. Do we really want to get involved and impose a no-fly zone, which Zelensky asked for? No, we don't. No. At some point, we have to, international treaties have to mean something. What do I mean by that? NATO. You're in NATO. We've got your back. We have a mutual defense pact with NATO. If you're not in NATO, you're not subject to that. As much as you'd like to be in NATO, and yesterday Zelensky admitted that Ukraine is never going to be in NATO, but a little late there, but still he admitted it. But if you're not in NATO, you don't get the same privileges. You just don't. You can live right near a really nice country club, right? And your neighbors could be members of that country club. And they can go there and golf all the time. And you could go with them. They take you there. Go, Come on, let's go golfing at this really nice country club. This is great. And then one day your neighbor's on vacation for a week and you have a hankering for golf. So you roll up to the country club and you say, hey, you've seen me here with uh, Brad. Stereotypical name. You've seen me here with Brad. You know that I've golfed here a lot. Brad lets me golf on him. Uh, so how about I get in? Well, they're not going to let you in because you've golfed with Brad, because they recognize you from golfing with Brad. 
you aren't a member there. You don't get the same privileges. You can't go dine at the club dinner hall. You can't do those things unless you want to pony up. If you don't want to pony up, you don't get the deals. It's a little bit different than NATO, but you get the idea. You're not in NATO, Ukraine. We are aiding you as much as we can. We could do a little more. We're sending you money. We've got billions of dollars on the way. The real problem is that you... And this is a problem for most of NATO, actually, which is ironic considering Ukraine isn't a member of NATO. But so many NATO countries for so long, up until Donald Trump, did not pull their weight. They did not pay their fair share. They would not pay their fair share. They didn't have to. They knew that if the feces met the fan, the United States would be there. They We would step up and pick up the slack. And we did. We provided the troops. We were the deterrent force against an aggressive Soviet Union. We were the deterrent force against an aggressive Russia. Our mere existence there kept everything at bay. That allowed Germany to go, well, I know we're supposed to pay 2% of our, our GDP towards our own defense, but if we just put in like a half a percent, uh, we're still good. We're surrounded by NATO countries. They're not going to kick us out. And even really, if they did, we're surrounded by NATO countries. We'll be fine. And the United States will pick up the slack. They all dined out on that until Donald... And all presidents let him do it. All the presidents let him do it. Until Donald Trump, when he started saying, what are we even in NATO for if these other countries aren't going to pay, carry our weight? If they aren't going to carry their weight? If they aren't going to do what is necessary? What, they're, what they on paper say that they've committed to? What they did, in fact, commit to? If they're not willing to do that, why the hell should we? And then suddenly a whole bunch of countries that were freeload and go, oh, wait, 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 will pony up, will pony up because 2% is much lower, 2% to NATO is much lower than they'd have to spend on their own individually if the United States weren't there. They'd probably have to spend 4 to 5% of their GDP on their own defense if they couldn't rely on the United States. Membership has its privileges, and unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, NATO isn't a member. That's the reality of the things. And an emotional plea doesn't change the reality of things. I'm sorry, President Zelensky, but I uh, admire what you're doing, but I remain unchanged. Maybe I'm heartless, I don't know, but uh, I remain unchanged, unconvinced. Part of the reason why I don't think Zelensky's speech is going to make much of a difference is our attention span. I mean, for God's sakes, the president of the United States had in TikTok celebrities the other day to try and sell his policies and try and lie to the American people on his behalf about the gas prices. You know, please go out there, you idiot 18-year-olds. Please go out there and tell everybody that it's all Putin's fault. And some of them did. Large-chested, tight-shirted good-looking 18-year-old girl trying to talk economics and gas. Like, you just, you don't understand what the hell you're talking. Okay, get, go back to making makeup tips and wearing crop shirts and reaching for things high up on the on the wall, okay? That's why you have 13 million followers. Nobody's here going, I wonder what this person thinks about something. It's just not how the world works. It's not how you become. Nobody is a uh, social media celebrity because, man, they're really smart. Man, they're really, they're a social media celebrity because they go, ah, oh, that person 
makes me so angry or that person makes my opponents so angry makes people i dislike angry or wow that person's really hot those are the three reasons that anybody is a social media celebrity and that the Biden administration tries to appeal to people who make videos on a Chinese communist-based spying app, gets on your phone, and then it's got everything on your phone. Tells you everything you need to know about this administration and how desperate they are. How desperate they are. Maybe Zelensky should have sent in a a large-chested 21-year-old who uses whatever Joe Biden's favorite flavor of uh, hair products is to try and lobby him on behalf of Ukraine. That way he might have gotten some money. He's like, come on, Joe, sniff my pert plus. What do you say? No fly zone? Yes, I used conditioner. All right, no fly zone. Sad. Uh, Also, you know, I just want to shift up because this kind of cracks me. I love left-on-left violence. Not violence, violence, but uh, actually, I don't mind that either. But the uh, political attacks, the hate machine that the left created coming after one of their own, the Huffington Post, a website I do not go to very often because it's awful. They are uh, out there. Good Lord, I'm looking at this ad on here and it is... uh, are they selling like pornographic art? Is that what their shtick is? Kind of, yeah, for $2,000. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm looking. For $2,000, you can have a picture of a, a literal picture of a woman tied up naked in a chair with her, I don't know, her arms behind her back or something. And some picture of other naked people over her hands. I don't fully understand what it is, but you can get it. It's uh, 39.4 inches by 59.1 inches uh, for $2,000. doesn't even say that it's limited. Like who in the hell would go? All right. All right. I guess that's, uh, that's art. Anyway, the Huffington Post has a piece up there about John Stewart. You remember you, however old you are, you're old enough to remember when John Stewart was a god, right? When John Stewart was the left's go-to for everything and anything. If it came out of John Stewart's mouth, it was simply true. It was the gospel. It's the God's honest truth. And uh, there's no higher authority than John Stewart. That is who he was. He was the most trusted name in news, for people 18 to like 24 or something like that for about a decade, which is ridiculous because he didn't do news at all. Well, now that he's gotten older, now that he's, uh, well, that the left has changed to be so radical, he's now kind of a problem. And this goes into the, my 99.999% friend is my 100% enemy that the left is famous for, the rule that I point out all the time. Huffington Post, John Stewart confusingly seems to side with fossil fuel companies and new Apple TV Plus show. What? The former Daily Show host angered some viewers after suggesting Americans, quote, not villainize the oil and natural gas industries in a chat about climate change. 
<laughs> don't you don't feel it? Hey, you know we're in the midst of a, a little bit of a problem here. The world's oil supply is a little screwed up. Gas prices are through the roof. Real human beings are being hurt, hurt pretty badly by these oil prices, by these gas prices. And everything is more expensive because you can't really make much of anything without some form of oil. And the left is going, how dare you say don't demonize these oil and gas companies? Maybe we shouldn't. All right. John Stewart takes a deep dive on a number of issues from gun control to COVID-19 safety protocols in his new Apple TV Plus series. His remarks on climate change, however, have left some of his fans feeling a bit perplexed. See, you stray from the plantation and you are their enemy. They're confused. You are not allowed to go against the orthodoxy, no matter who you are, not even if you're Jon Stewart. In a teaser clip from the March 10th episode of The Problem with Jon Stewart, the host appears to be offering a surprising, if qualified, defense of fossil fuel companies. Quote, A hundred of these companies create 70% of our global emissions, Stewart says in the clip, with clo uh, which clocks in about seven and a half minutes and can be viewed below. Quote, wouldn't it be better to hold our noses, to not villainize them, to understand that no industry is ever going to cut its own throat and take away its profits? How do we bribe them? That's what he said. That's what he said. An isolated clip, a small little snippet without a whole lot of context. And the left is turning on Jon Stewart. How dare he? How dare Jon Stewart's a monster. Based on the isolated footage, it's unclear whether the former Daily Show host was merely attempting to play devil's advocate. See, you can play devil's advocate, but not for very long. Just long enough, like the attention span of a gnat. And then a liberal gets confused and angry and starts smashing things. And play devil's advocates with his suggestion later in the clip, he talks about the unlikelihood of fossil fuel companies ever being held to account. For what? and suggesting instead trying to leverage the industry's desire for profit in a way that would get those companies to join in the transition to a more sustainable world. Yeah, let's, uh, let, instead your, your ExxonMobil station, instead of selling gasoline, can sell sails and can sell solar panels there. How about little wind-up propellers? that they can attach to the back of your car. And when your propeller breaks down, you go in and you get another propeller with a fresh rubber band to wind around, to really get moving again. How stupid are these people? Don't answer that. Don't answer that. We know the answer. Still, the clip garnered a blistering response. See, they don't know what it is. They don't know yet what Jon Stewart says. But they're angry about it. They're angry about it, and they don't know how to react. They don't know how to think. They haven't been trained to think. The public school system no longer trains people how to think. They tell people what to think, not how to do it themselves. And so when confronted with something that doesn't conform with what they've understood things to be, they get very confused. They get very angry. Hulk smash. That kind of garbage. <laughs> Still, the clip garnered a blistering response from many viewers on social media. Several people pointed out that Stewart's guests for the episode include Shell CEO Ben Van Bruden, whose talking points went mostly unchallenged. It's a snippet, a summary of a show. It's a trailer. You see a trailer and you think, oh, I've seen the movie. Sometimes you can. 
Other times you see a trailer and you then you watch the movie and you go, what in the hell is that? I have no idea. what. That's way different than, than what I thought it was. But these idiots out there, they base their whole life. I love these people. You can't judge. Don't judge me. Don't judge anybody. Just because this teacher really is desperately keen to teach five-year-olds about gender transition and about various forms of sexual intercourse before between adults doesn't mean that they're a pervert like just because they're following every step that some sort of sicko groomer child groomer might follow doesn't mean they're like that it means that they're enlightened there's a fine line between being an unadulterated pervert and being an enlightened leftist apparently it's a very, very fine line. I wouldn't want to be the one to try and define it because I wouldn't want to be the one near any of these people. Just keep that in mind. This is how gross these people are. The problem with uh, John Stewart is the most unintentionally perfect name for the whole program, filmmaker Jesse Hawken tweeted. Stewart's show was initially touted as his long-awaited return to television after a seven-year hiatus, but the series has drawn mixed reviews since its premiere in the fall. Rolling Stone's Alan Seppenwall described how, uh, being, how as being stuck in the past while NPR's Eric Duggins wrote that it feels like a stitched-together piece of items of Stewart's old shows and a few other programs he inspired. At Vox, Constant Grady wrote a consideration of the problem that doubled as an essay on how the brand of liberalism Stewart popularized at The Daily Show has aged poorly. These people, they quickly turn on you when you are no longer useful to them what do you do when a useful idiot what happens when a useful idiot loses the useful part you're just left with an idiot <laughs> I, I tell you i live for these sorts of things i love left on left violence please give me more left on left violence attacks criticisms attacking their gods john stewart has enough money and he's old enough to the point where he doesn't have to care he doesn't have to give a damn but the fact that he's finally getting a, just a small taste of what he started, what he unleashed. Never forget, John Stewart, sort of the, the grandfather of cancel culture. If you were a target of his venom and lies on The Daily Show, it was damaging to your career at the time. They would come after you. If they did a piece, they'd talk about things being taken out of context. They take things, they took things out of context constantly. I was twice asked to be on The Daily Show, not in studio. Uh, not that I was a, a nobody at the time, but I was a, at Americans for Tax Reform writing columns about the fairness doctrine and net neutrality. And they wanted to talk to me about each of those at various times. Um, something I, I think I'd written in Politico had gotten their attention. And it was part of a package, you know, where they send out their so-called, quote-unquote, correspondence to interview somebody, and they talk to them for about an hour, and they use about 30 seconds of it. And so they asked me, like, would you like to sit down with correspondent, whoever it was, whatever, and we'd love to talk to you about the column that you wrote. And I said, uh, no, thanks, I'm not interested. And they were shocked. 
They were absolutely shocked. What, what do you mean? No, this is when the Daily Show was at the height of its powers. Oh my goodness, the Daily Show. You want People were stepping on their grandmothers to be on the Daily Show. It was huge. If I had a book to sell and I was in studio, I would have considered it. But I didn't have a book to sell. The idea of writing a book was so foreign to me. This is probably, what years? It's probably 12 years ago, 12, 13 years ago. I just said, no, I'm not an Like, it's going to be, it's not live. It's not in studio. I'm not going to partake in anything related to an interview that gets edited for your convenience later on. And then they didn't respond after that. And then, like, six months later, they came back at me about something else. And it was the same song and dance. Do you want to be on? We'd love to sit down with you, blah, blah, blah. They're like, we'll bring you up to New York. We'll talk to the blah, blah. And I said, no, I'm not interested. I was never really all that interested in doing TV anyway. It was like, I, some people just live to be famous. I don't really live to be, given the choice between do you want to be rich or famous, I would take rich 10, 11 times out of 10, every single time. And like, I don't want to be on TV because I think you have to dumb yourself down far too much to be on TV. And you have to play the game and you have to talk to the same 12 people constantly to be on TV. And it's just, I don't know, you have to be a bomb thrower. You don't, can't really be all that honest, I don't think, to be on TV. So I, I, and especially when you're dealing with a liberal outlet. I'm like, no, I don't, I, yeah, it would be great exposure, except that you would edit out of an hour-long conversation the one moment when I was picking my nose or something and make that, like, all I did for the entire hour. I'm not interested. They were very confused. Very confused. I still think it was one of the smartest moves I ever made in my life was telling John Stewart's army of flying monkey producers to go get bent. Proud of that one. Because sadly, I know a lot of people who appeared on, I'm not going to name any names. I know a lot of people who appeared in those packages and they looked stupid. They're not stupid people, not all of them, but uh, they're not stupid people generally. But when you are edited up and you get a cutaway from a, their so-called correspondent, mugging for the camera and making faces going ooh, ooh, ooh. and you're talking about something that's unrelated to the question at hand just because they can do whatever they want with the footage you have that's the release you sign you're never going to come off looking good they're not there to get to the truth they're not there to give you information they're there to make you look like a jackass well i'm not there for that i'm gonna it's a hard pass from me oh god you know i'm looking at the uh, official potus Twitter account. God. How? Why? Like Democrats, you this is the best you this is the best you got, dude. This was it. This was all the Democrats in the world. This is the best you got. Now Joe Biden didn't uh didn't uh tweet this. He doesn't know how to log in to Twitter. He doesn't know what the hell he's trying to do, but he says uh uh, this is his official line from the staff. Oil prices are decreasing. Gas prices should too. Last time oil was $96 a barrel. Gas was $3.62 a gallon. Now it's $4.31. Oil and gas companies shouldn't pad their profits at the expense of hardworking Americans. Well, the government shouldn't pad their wallets at the expense of hardworking Americans either. But the way gas prices are determined are by the market, market forces, and in particular, the futures market. Somebody needs to sit the president down and explain him, well, no, he wouldn't, he wouldn't get it. You'd be better off explaining market forces to a dog 
than you would Joe Biden. The guy's 79 years old. If he doesn't get it by now, he's not ever going to get it. And you just kind of have to accept it. It's Joe Biden is the type of guy for whom the phrase he's set in his ways was created. That's simple. That's that's who he is. Well, he's set in his ways. Oh, he said something racist. Well, you know, it's Joe, Joe being Joe. He's set in his ways. What are you going to do? Oh, uh, he said something wildly stupid and completely inaccurate. <laughs> he's set in his ways. You're kind of it's the way that you treat your great grandfather at the family reunion when you bring over your your friend or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever the first time and they they meet grandpa and like, yeah, so here's something offensive. Like, oh, okay, yeah, no, 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 just he's set in his ways. What are you going to do? He's 128 years old, set in his ways. That's what Joe is. Doesn't under, If he doesn't get it by now, he's never going to get it. And the fact that, you know, at his age, it was like he was 71 when he first learned to tie a shoe. So not all hope is gone. He used to just wear slip-ons. It's not probably true it could be true wouldn't surprise me if it were true but i just made that up but this is how the president is this is who the president is that the president of the united states in the midst of massive inflation more inflation than we've had higher inflation than we've had in 40 years ago that's all putin's fault putin's fault and then request 2.6 billion dollars to promote gender equity worldwide is uh that tells you who Democrats are. Quite frankly, honestly, now that I think about it, uh, my opinion doesn't change. I don't think we should be promoting anything worldwide, gender equity or whatever. I'm sorry, ladies, but uh, or depending on if it's a, uh, a matriarchy. Sorry, fellas. I don't really care about gender equity in Ecuador or in sub-Saharan Africa or anything like that. I just don't care. Um. But if you're going to say we have to promote gender equity around the world, you kind of have less of an argument to say, but we shouldn't do anything in Ukraine, don't you? I think I'm much more consistent than Joe Biden is. He wants to involve himself everywhere for the tap and putts, for the liberal feel-good articles, for the, hey, let's, uh, let's pay for abortions around the world sort of stuff. But then he looks at Ukraine and says, we couldn't possibly. We are trying to... Uh, not start World War III. Well, I'm all in favor of not starting World War III. I'm also all in favor of not really giving much of a damn about what other countries are doing, unless it impacts the United States of America. If you show me some popular uprising against genocide in the, the Jiangxing province or whatever the hell it's called with the Uyghurs, you show me that, I'd, I would support that. You want to show me a country that is wildly oppressive against women? and there are women standing up for gender equality, I would support that, and I would be in favor of the U.S. sending aid over to them. But that won't actually happen because where women are most depressed are... Let, how can I say this without getting into trouble? Where women have the least rights in the world are in a particular region of the planet where a particular religious belief that comes with its own sets of laws that govern most of these areas. It's where they tend to be, it's not exclusive, but it just tends to kind of be that way. And they end up, uh, yeah, if you're looking for women's oppression, you might want to look at someplace that makes women maybe show only their eyes 
when they leave their house and only able enable them to leave their house with the permission of a male family member and with the uh, company of a male family member. Otherwise, they can sit in the house and pretty much be uh, slave baby-making factories. You know, if you really want to address gender inequality, don't look at the pay rates in France. Look at who can leave their house in Saudi Arabia. Look at who can drive. If you're really at all interested in it, but the left isn't, at all interested in it. The left uniquely blames the West, Western civilization, civilization really, as we know it, and as uh, people know it. And the left gets mad when you talk about how civilization. Oh, are you saying that the rest of the world isn't civilized? You kind of. They got potential. They certainly know the way they're not as civilized as the West is. It's cultural appropriation. Yeah, get on your iPhone and complain to me about cultural appropriation. Are you Steve Jobs? No. Well, then maybe you're not allowed to use an iPhone and complain about cultural appropriation. Maybe maybe all of you leftists need to live by what you're, you're spewing. I'm going to look this up because I tweeted this this morning. Because it's how the left works. It's how pathetic the left is. Where is this thing? It's a demonstration of... Every, well, this is also a pretty good demonstration. There's a company, I don't know what the hell it's called. It's called, or what it is, it's Yappi. Yappi, Y-O-P-P-I-E. They make products for and by women. Women, we all know what women means. But the founder and CEO is somebody named Daniela Perry. And she caught a case of the wokes. She's probably been woke for a very long time. She doesn't look particularly bright. I've never heard of Yappy before, so it can't be all that successful. She's got a new ad or a new interview where she says, quote, most bleeders know how they are impacted by their periods, but unfortunately aren't in touch with their feelings and symptoms in other phases of their cycle. We are here to change that. That's what Yappy is. If that sounds interesting to you, I assume you can just look up Yappy and find it. But what I find interesting is not the stupidity of the general hippiness of the quote. It's the fact that she doesn't refer to women. The site is for women. The business is for women, by women, whatever. Except that they're not women because that some women are men. Some women are men. Some men are women. The products at Yappy apparently don't apply to the men who are women. You know, if you have an outie, you, uh, if you experience the monthly, I'm trying to be delicate here, uh, you should probably go to a doctor. You should probably go to an emergency room right now if you're bleeding once a month or at all out of that outie that you have. You need to get to the hospital. But if you are a woman who insists that you're a man, you could still be a bleeder. You would still be a bleeder because your belief in something, your desire for something to be, uh, for something that isn't to come into being, has no bearing on the physical nature of your, your body, of your existence. And so you are not, you are not, not, not a man and never will be. You still, you know, as long, I don't care how long you live your life as a man, you should probably get uh, checked for ovarian cancer every once in a while. Just saying. That sort of thing. So they are trying to appeal to that very niche market. The rest of the public, which I assume is about 99.9% .9 
of the public, 100% of the public, with the exception of a few weirdos, would not refer to themselves as bleeders. They wouldn't because it's stupid. It's wildly dumb. It's alienating. It's you get a potential customer going, what? I did not know. And then you lose a potential customer. I don't give Yappy much of a future, although they will be around for a while. Because of this, I guarantee you that when they come to their next round of seed funding from the venture capitalists or whatever, their Ariana Huffington will give the seal of approval to Daniela Perry. And Mika Brzezinski will probably feature her as, oh, she's one of these women who knows her value. And the left will rally around and they will throw good money after bad at this stupid idea for a business, actually a stupid idea for marketing of a business. And that will keep them around for a while longer. Think about, uh, not that uh, the Yappie CEO is committing crimes, but think about Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos. She produced nothing. She talked a good game. She promised a bunch of things. She's now going to do a bunch of time for having defrauded people out of hundreds of millions of dollars. But up until that moment, when anybody could have looked at this and said this, okay, great. It's a good idea. How do you do it? It doesn't make any sense. I know you're saying you do it, but I don't see any results. Somebody would have questioned it. Instead, it was all drowned out in, oh my God, a woman in Silicon Valley. Oh my goodness. Elizabeth Holmes is the youngest female billionaire in the world. Yeah, she well, the self-made, not inherited. She certainly was. It was a fraud. It was a scam. It was one of the largest con jobs ever perpetrated on the face of the earth. But there she was, celebrated, and to question Elizabeth Holmes' claims, to question anything that Theranos put out, even by former employees who were like, this stuff doesn't work, you're being conned, was heresy because she's a woman in Silicon Valley. Don't you understand that? She's a woman in Silicon Valley. They are rarer than unicorns. Everybody must bow down to her. And now these people all lost a bunch of money. Now, you know, the Bill Gates is the it's a whole bunch of really Warren Buffett, rich, rich people lost a bunch of money. It's hard to feel bad for them. They did it for themselves. They invested in this because they wanted Elizabeth Holmes, the caricature to be real. It's like Geppetto staring at Pinocchio desperately wanting Pinocchio to be a real boy. These leftists stared at Elizabeth Holmes and desperately wanted her to be a real genius. And she wasn't. She was a con artist. She started off with a good idea and she couldn't accept the fact that she couldn't make it work. She wouldn't admit it. And uh, she couldn't tell anybody. So she always had to show progress, progress, progress. And it ended up being her undoing. Yappy won't face that same kind of fate, but it will be a business that people will throw money at, invest in. She'll probably, Daniela Perry will probably make some decent money, but I'd give it about five years if they're going to market to bleeders rather than women, bleeders. Uh, there's not a huge market for that. The American public it seems like the culture is crazy because the people in charge of the culture are crazy, but the people in charge of the culture, or large swaths of the culture, are about a half a percentage point of the population. They can only buy so many female products. 
before things go sideways and, and the American Express card comes back and says, what? No, you haven't paid us in a while. Anyway, couldn't happen to nicer people if you ask me. Now, what's funny is the pushback I'm seeing from people on social media is not you know, from men about this yappy thing. It's from women. Women are tweeting like, this is ridiculous. Women are being otherized. Women are being shoved out. They're, they're being booted out of the, uh, the public sphere. It's amazing to watch uh, as they sit there and empower. The USA Today had their list of women of the year, right? Let me see if I can pull this up. They had women of the year, and the uh, one of them was a man. <laughs> one of them was a man. Because why? Because it's Rachel Levine, Dr. Rachel Levine, Admiral Dr. Rachel Levine, which is ridiculous. The dude, the dude, dude is responsible, by the way, for thousands of dead American citizens, senior citizens in Pennsylvania, but because he tucked it back far enough and declared himself a new name, got appointed to the Biden administration because that was really all that was necessary and all that was required. USA Today celebrating uh, be true to yourself. A message from the nation's highest ranking openly transgender official. Yeah. Rachel Levine is one of USA Today's Women of the Year, a recognition of women across the country who have made a significant impact by being men. The annual program is a continuation of Women of the Century, a 2020 project that commemorated the 100th anniversary of women gaining the right to vote. Oh, yes that in any administration, a public health, uh, the public health of Americans is a priority, a tenet that signifies prosperity and perseverance among us. But during a global pandemic, when relative calm turns to crisis seemingly overnight, community well-being instantly becomes a matter of life and death for millions of Americans. Two years into the COVID-19 pandemic, this can this fact continues to keep Admiral Rachel Levine up at night. Now, what's disgusting is Rachel Levine is not in the military in any way, shape, or form. It's like saying I'm a general in the Salvation Army. Like, oh, okay, great. Now go stock the socks up, pal. But he's wearing a military uniform. Because why? Because why not? Levine is U.S. Assistant Secretary for Health for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the head of U.S. Public Health Services Commission Corps, where she leads a group of 6,000 uniformed public health officers. In normal times, her job is essential. During a pandemic, it's crucial. Quote, I feel, it's, I feel that everything I've done, whether it was in academic medicine or education, in clinical research, seeing my patients in my role in public health in Pennsylvania, and now my role nationally, has all led to this moment in terms of helping the nation through this greatest public health crisis that we have faced in over 100 years. Burr, burr, pass me a beer. Rachel Levine. Oh, by the way, yeah, Rachel Levine oversaw all those dead senior citizens. It was Rachel Levine's order to 
force nursing homes to take COVID positive patients back into the nursing homes, not keep them in hospitals, not segregate them from the general public, therefore infecting the most vulnerable of Americans. And again, he was rewarded with new pronouns and a new position because liberals are evil. Democrats are evil. They really are evil. They're bad people. I don't know if I can express that enough. But honest to God, this is where they are. I've never done anything. I feel this, that, and they call me Admiral. Admiral, you look more like Admiral Akbar than anybody who actually has any military training whatsoever. But because you tucked it back, you're now woman of the year. Ladies and gentlemen, men make the best women. Let's talk a little bit about our idiot, our idiot president, as a matter of fact. Now, it's kind of funny because yesterday I told you that uh, Barack Obama has COVID, but Michelle Obama somehow doesn't. And you could see that maybe Barack would want to stay away. He's sick of losing arm wrestling contests to Michelle, so he, uh, he avoids her most of the time. You can do that when you have... Uh, you know, various wings in your mansion and you get that wing and I'll stay in this wing and the kids are off doing whatever. Oh, by the way, it was announced yesterday, Netflix is uh, that Barack Obama is going to narrate something about national parks for Netflix. And the, the leftist media was like, oh my goodness. He's just like Sir Richard Attenborough over in Britain who narrated it. He, he was the narrator, but over here in the United States, the, uh, the Discovery Channel thinks that we're too stupid that they, they replaced his narration with Oprah. Honest to God, look it up in that Planet Earth series. We got Oprah. You can still get the better version of Attenborough on uh, the DVD. But um, <clears throat> he's now replacing David Attenborough as narrator of narrators, the capo de tutti capo of narrators. Because he's narrating this thing on the National Parks, a documentary series on National Parks. And I'm thinking, Netflix pretty famously and openly gave him $100 million. One hundred million. They got. A, they formed a partnership. They didn't just give him with it. They they gave it to him. It was a scam. But they gave him one hundred million dollars after he left office to quote unquote produce projects. He hasn't really produced all that much. They they bought some documentary that was already done and slapped their names on it. And I think the Academy at least nominated it that year. But they haven't done much. The they're just like uh, what's his name, Prince Harry and. Uh, Meghan Markle, they got 20, they're, they're lesser important. They're only royal over in the UK. So they only got $25 million from Spotify to produce podcasts, of which they produced one hour, one hour so far, one for 25 million bucks. It's a pretty sweet deal. So remember that next time she whines about being a victim of something and he whines about how life is unfair and income inequalities, blah, 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 that these piles of human garbage are raking in the GDP of a small country for their existence. Would that we were all so oppressed. But Barack Obama made $100 million from Netflix and he's going for that money to narrate some nature series. Nature series. Think about that. That is how the left works. They take care of their own. 
Barack Obama comes into the presidency. He's a man of relatively modest means. His book starts to sell, and it sells a lot, and he becomes a millionaire right? when he's president of the United States. That his books do. The two autobiographies he'd already written about himself before he'd accomplished anything, even being elected to the United States Senate, he wrote two autobiographies. He loved himself long before anybody else lined up to love him back. And then uh, when he left office, all the people he granted favors to power to access to, they wanted to keep sucking up to him because they recognized that he was still going to be the power broker in the Democrat Party. Who else was it going to be? Hillary? She couldn't be Donald Trump. Joe Biden? He's too damn old. Joe Biden couldn't do anything without Barack Obama. No Democrat could really. I think that, that Hillary probably didn't sufficiently suck up to Barack Obama enough and that was part of the reason why she lost aside from her general state of horribleness so the political establishment on the left realizes that they still have to suck up to the obamas that's their rock stars that's where if they want to get anything done if you want to get something done you don't go to joe biden you go to barack obama who tells joe biden what to do so they're hiring the obama kids the obama kids have jobs that your kids will never even be under consideration for and they got them because of their last names and how racist this country is or something right and the biden's will buy another estate somewhere probably on the coast ready to be uh, flooded when climate change comes in and ruins everything um with the narration money because i guarantee you they set up a production company that got that hundred million dollars I bet you dollars to donuts that Netflix is paying Barack Obama more than that hundred million, not more than a hundred million. They're probably paying him five million to narrate this thing. That's just that's I was an aspen. That's meh. that's that's a ski lodge in Aspen, not really a uh, a beachfront property. But this is who the left is. Meanwhile, while Barack Obama runs things in absentia. We've got this puppet, goofball, senile, elder abuse victim. Let's face it, Joe Biden is the embodiment of a Visiting Angels commercial. Worst case scenario, before ad. He's up there yesterday at the White House talking to, and Barry has, of course, like I said, Barry has the COVID. Michelle doesn't. They must not be around each other very often can't blame either one of them who would want to suffer the other now along those lines the vice president's husband the second gentleman a guy named doug elmdorf or dorf or something like that i don't i can't remember don't care he uh he has the covid which is weird because the vice president doesn't have the covid what is it with these Democrats? covid what we're told omicron highly contagious all you've got to do is be within the same time zone as somebody with omicron and if they cough you will get it you'll die or you'll at least get sick and now we've got people who are married not transmitting this to their spouses do they not spend time together i could not blame doug if he didn't want to be around kamala if he wanted to be around his kids, they're not her kids, they're his kids. If uh, he wanted to be away from her, who in the hell, all she does when you're in the room with her is laugh hysterically at everything she says or nervously about everything she's thinking. How could you want to be around that? 
Who would want to be around that? No one would want to be around that. So the president of the United States noted this yesterday at the White House, that the second gentleman has the COVID. But he couldn't just say that. He accuses, well, the way he says it is he's got COVID. Now, maybe he does because the vice president was there and maybe she did get it and just hasn't tested positive for it yet. I don't know. Either that or her husband doesn't want to be around her. Either is perfectly plausible to me. But listen to Joe Biden try to explain. And then somebody off in the wings uh, tries to explain how he's an idiot. And he still can't get it. And he comes back and tries to pretend that he's joking. But he wasn't joking. When you're joking, you deliver a line that's supposed to be your your laugh line in a way that allows for the laugh when you're an idiot who's losing your grip on reality you say it like joe does here anyway no you're not joking joe the uh first gentleman would be you if you married hunter uh otherwise it's the first lady it's jill the first lady's husband would be you the president of the united states i'm sorry to wake you sir but uh, the second gentleman is the alleged spouse the first husband of the vice president of the united states the vice president was sitting there the vice president explained to him how he'd screwed up the first time with the first lady's husband and he still got it wrong. He still got it wrong. At that point, you should have the visiting angels, America's choice in home care. And somebody should come out and put a shawl around Joe, patting him on the head, giving him a little juice box and saying, you know what? We'll get him tomorrow. Tomorrow will be a better day. And then they come out and they let Kamala pinch hit for whatever the event was. That's what should happen. Actually, what really should happen if Jill cared about Joe in any way, shape, or form in the way that we're led to believe by their mythical lie of a marriage. And I'm not saying they're not really married, but they'd had, uh, according to her ex-husband, they'd been having an affair for some time before, uh, before they got divorced. Jill always omits that in their story. Anyway, uh, if Jill cared about Joe, she would be the one with the shawl and the walker and the wheelchair coming out and saying, you know what, suck on these ice chips. We're going to put you to bed. I can no longer in good conscience put you through this presidenting because it is elder abuse. But Jill, I'm sorry, Dr. Jill, is loving the trappings of being first lady just as much as anybody perhaps ever has. And uh, if she really cared about her husband, she wouldn't not only, he wouldn't be in that position to take him out of it. She would have never let him run. She would have never let the Democratic establishment abuse him the way they have. It's a love story for the ages, ladies and gentlemen. It's a it brings a tear to your eye, doesn't it? Speaking of our worthless vice president, Kamala Harris, uh, she's being propped up almost as much as Joe Biden is. It's really, honestly, sad. It's like, it's like Weekend at Bernie's. If Bernie died and needed to be propped up and then Bernie's assistant or number two in command died and also needed to be propped up and he got Andrew McCarthy and, uh, God, what was the other guy's name? Jonathan Silverman. Why do I know that? Uh, they were running around propping up two people. 
Remember the other day when I played you the clip of Kamala and the Polish President Duda, and she's asked about refugees from Ukraine and whether or not the U.S. can do more, and she looks to the president of Poland to answer, and he's like, the question was to you, you, you dumbass, what are you looking at me for? And she kind of just starts laughing hysterically. And she says, a friend in need is a friend indeed, for no real reason. And then she lets Duda talk because she couldn't answer the question. She was that dense. She was obviously mocked roundly for that because it was wildly stupid and wholly inappropriate to laugh at this serious question. Well, can't have that. The fact checkers came out in force to protect her. <laughs> because why? Because they're pathetic. Reuters fact check, a, a clip taken out of context on social media, actually shows U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris and President, uh, Polish President Andrzej Duda laughing briefly at confusion over who should answer a question first between translations. Uh, no, they both speak English. The question was in English. It could have, should have been Kamala, especially since the question was addressed to Kamala. See, that's kind of weird. Why would the Polish president answer a question that was addressed to Kamala? If he'd done that, if there's a question addressed to Kamala Harris and the white Polish president goes, let me handle this. I got this one, honey. He'd be called a misogynist. He'd be called a racist. He'd be called a everything you can possibly imagine. Istrophobe. If he stepped in, how dare he step in and do this to our vice president? She's perfectly capable. The question was to her. But since she had no freaking clue and he jumped in to save her, she gets a fact check that, oh, this is uh, mostly false. It's just, there's no way. No, no, no. It's just a complete misunderstanding. PolitiFact. Vice President Kamala Harris laughed during a press conference while she and Polish President Andrzej Duda tried to decide who would answer first in response to a question. She was not laughing at Ukraine or refugees. Nobody thought she was laughing at Ukraine or refugees. They thought she was laughing because she's insane and couldn't answer a basic question about whether the United States would take in more refugees. But all of the major fact checkers, quote unquote, decided that they had to go and fact check jokes on social media about Kamala Harris's ineptitude. There is no such fact-checking of the Biden administration. The tweet I told you about earlier where Joe Biden says, well, gas prices should be cheaper. I hope they're not getting you. There's no fact-check on that. There's no fact-check on the concepts of market forces that no one in this administration seems to understand. There is no fact-check on Ginger Goebbels, who on a daily basis goes out there and absolutely lies on the level of saying that the sun rises in the West. They're that big of lies and gets away with it. There's no fact-checking there. It's all about, well, somebody on social media posted a photograph that was taken out of context. And you don't seem to understand that that's inappropriate. You should not, you're not allowed to take things that Democrats do or say out of context, period. End of story. Go to hell. Do me a favor. Go straight to hell. These people are not special. These people are not good. These people aren't even really average. These people are con artists, and they have an entire court, an entire industry designed to prop them up and keep them propped up and keep them neck deep in power and money and keep you at arm's length. It's sick. While we're uh, talking about the Washington Post, they have another story here. 
Amazing. A Christian teacher was suspended for refusing to call students by the pronouns they use. Now she is suing. Last spring, a math teacher at a middle school in Fort Riley, Kansas, called a student Miss to get the student's attention at the end of class, court records state. After class, another classmate emailed the teacher, Pamela Richard, or Ricard, I guess, to let her know that the student now used he-him pronouns and a different first name. By the next day, when Ricard used the student's last name, avoiding the new name and, and any pronouns at all, the classmate grew frustrated, leaving a note for, on Ricard's desk accusing the teacher of being transphobic. No, no, no. They're just uh, jackass-phobic. Wouldn't you just love to smack the living hell out of these brats? Like, where do you where do you come up with this crap? Where do you come up with? Uh, I would never have a million years thought of talking to adults like this when I was a kid. And I talked back. I was a back talker. Uh, the note ended with a remark on the classmate's own gender identity. "Quote: My pronouns are he, they. By the way, now your pronouns are. You're going to fail this class. <laughs> I'm going to make your life miserable. That's what your pronouns are." Uh, in a lawsuit, Ricard, who is Christian, says she was uncomfortable with referring to a student by names and pronouns that were different from what was listed in the district's enrollment system. Or how about, I refuse to be dragged into your delusions. You narcissistic leftist kids of hippies, go to hell. That'd be a better way to put it. Uh, after some disagreement with school officials on how to handle the situation, Ricard was suspended and later issued a written reprimand for her refusal to comply with the district's policies on diversity and inclusion. Yes, diversity and inclusion or else. Not for you, you weirdo Christian. Look at you and your weird, fringy beliefs that have, you know, held up throughout all of human history till about 20 minutes ago. Who do you think you are coming in here trying to tell us what to do? Here's new words and new genders and we're just, in the name of science, we're all, oh, God. You just want to carry around a dead fish that you could smack these people upside the head with, don't you? I do. I do. A giant mackerel. Now Ricard is suing Gary County Schools Unified School District board members, the superintendent, and Fort Riley School's principal, Fort Riley's middle school principal, alleging they violated her First Amendment right by forcing her to use language and implementing policies that breached her personal and religious beliefs. Amen and pass the ammunition. I love it. Quote, Miss Ricard believes that God created human beings as either male or female, that this sex is fixed in each person from the moment of conception, and that it cannot be changed regardless of an individual's person's feelings, desires, or preferences, states the complaint which was filed in the U.S. District Court, Kansas. Any policy that requires Miss Ricard to refer to a student by a gendered non-binary or plural pronouns, e.g. he, him, she, her, they, them, z, zier, etc., or the salutations Mr., Ms., or Ms., or other gendered language that is different from the student's biological sex actively violates Ms. Ricard's religious beliefs. Amen. Somebody's got to do this. More people... There should... that. The, this should be filed everywhere. If you can't talk to these moronic parents who are 
forcing basically their their kids to uh, like I have two kids, four and, and three. And every once in a while, one will do something. I like blue color. I like this. Or this is a boy and you're playing with a Ken doll or something. And I could really, really, if I was evil, if I were a leftist. But I did say if I were evil. I could easily manipulate that kid into believing all sorts of things. And just say, look, if I can just get you to say that you're a, a boy and not a girl. It'll be great because then we can start dressing you. And then when we come down to the PTA meeting or we're around the other parents in the neighborhood, we'll say, no, no, little little Becky. I'm not going to use my kids' real names for something this stupid. Little Becky is and now it's uh, it's just Bex because she's trans. She's a three-year-old trans, and that's just how it is. There are people out there who are actively ruining their children's lives for the status that they get. There are people who are detransitioning once they get old enough to recognize what their parents either did to them or let them do to themselves in the name of getting that virtue-signaling merit badge with the community organizers in the neighborhood. It's sick. It's wrong. You know, oh, let's get them on puberty blockers before it's too late. Yeah, let's permanently alter somebody's body because they feel weird in their preteen years or their teen years or their even, you know, way earlier years. Well, welcome to human beings. All right. You're going to feel weird at various points throughout your entire life in all kinds of different ways. You're going to be in places where you're going, I shouldn't be here. I don't want to be here. And you know what? You'll leave. And you, or you'll stay and you'll go, wait a second, I ended up having fun. You'll discover all sorts of things. You don't base your life and you don't change your physical existence based on those things. It's incredibly stupid and wildly damaging. And the Democratic Party is now calling anybody who says, you know what, a five-year-old probably shouldn't be able to uh, take hormone hormones and be declared another gender because a five-year-old will tell you that their favorite food is captain crunch and that's all they'd eat day are you going to let your kid decide what they eat constantly and exclusively too or are you going to try and fit in vegetables no these idiots will probably let their kids do absolutely everything especially if at the next cocktail party they get to pound their chest about how awesome it is that uh that their kid, they're so progressive. Little Billy is now Betty, and uh, Billy is now transgender. Yeah, your kid, there's your, there's your cisgendered kid going through school like a normal person, having a much better than average chance of getting a job and being gainfully employed and being a well-adjusted human being, whereas little Betty over there probably going to have a Coke problem by the time they're 18 and will spend years in therapy and take all sorts of drugs trying to undo the damage that we did in order to sit here at this cocktail party to tell you how much more progressive we are than you are. Feel bad yet? God, these people are evil. They should have their children taken away from them. <sighs> Lastly, just really quickly, the Wall Street Journal, California bill aims to make tech firms liable for social media addiction in children. Here's a good, I agree, social media, bad, bad for adults too. It's bad, awful for society. But if it's in children, why does your kid have a Twitter account? Why does your kid have a Facebook page? I get it. Every other kid has a Facebook page. You know what? Sometimes you gotta be the parent, not the pal. Maybe you tell your kid, no. 
It's a novel idea. And I say this as somebody who has to physically wrestle an iPad away from a four-year-old on a daily basis because she is obsessed and addicted to it. She gets a little bit of time to play her building games because there's creativity in it. But otherwise, she has to have real human interactions. Or else. And she hates it. God, she hates it. But she does it. She's getting better at it all the time. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Good Lord, the day is already over. Where did the time go? Keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. We'll be back here tomorrow with another exciting episode. I appreciate you listening. Have a great day.